0: to the Junk Time Ava podcast live show August 2022. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who's been appointed to the panel to pick the new coach for Essendon. <laughs> it is Adam Rosenbachs.
2: Yes, thank you Junk Timers, yes. It didn't get a huge announcement during the week but I uh, have been added to the panel and uh, I've, I've already chosen who I think should be uh, coaches, we're going to go with co-coaches Okay Is my go- uh, goal going forward for Essendon mm-hmm. uh, So uh, on the panel is going to be uh, Mick Malthouse uh-huh. um, I mean he said they were going to win the flag this year So let's see how good a fucking coach he really is um, Mark Neill is going to be on the coach uh, Yeah, yeah, yep, okay Because yep. I reckon anyone who said at at Juniors game Redacted We should also have <laughs> What? Did he actually say that? Yes, he did say that Yes <laughs> Was he twitching while he did it? Or Probably, <laughs> uh, let's let's assume he was.
3: <laughs> let's assume
2: he was. Uh, obviously, Rodney Eade will have in there, but yep. we'll mic him up so you can hear him at the ground. <laughs> oh, perfect! I like that so idea. Yeah. Shouting out whoever the fucking new Will Mint is. <laughs> yep. We'll find out about it. Also, uh, going to be on there is the uh, ghost of Alan Jeans. Gonna okay. Be okay. Just going a little bit left field there, and um, uh, Bomber Thompson's housemate, Bang Bang. <laughs> He's also going to be on the panel. So, just for a bit of discipline. He'll be doing recoveries on a Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And a little bit of a twist we're going to have as the runner is going to be Ross Lyon. Right? Now, you think what uh, Dane Zorko said to Harrison Petty was bad on the field, wait till fucking Ross Lyon gets out here. You're going to know you're alive. You're going to wish you were dead. (laughs)
3: It's so it's a new leaf
2: for Essendon, so it's going to be great. 2023 <laughs> is going to be massive. It's going to be huge. They're going to love it.
0: <laughs> Fit them all in the coach's box.
2: Yeah.
0: Hey, um, so uh, we uh, obviously had the tragedy last Sunday when...
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Don't applaud that, you <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> so, um... How many Carlton fans are here? Yeah! <laughs> Fuck it, down. <laughs> yeah. That's taking the edge off then <laughs> We're back So,
0: so I, I was watching on my phone essentially on the way to the airport Because I've got a lot going on and, um, um, and I watched the final minute out the front of the A4 kitchen and bar at the airport actually And uh, can I just get a, a kind of round of pause? Who thought it was the funniest fucking thing that's ever happened
2: in our entire life <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I hate you so much.
0: Because we've been doing this pod since 2014. In that time, Carlton's never been in the finals. <laughs> I mean... No, no, no.
2: We were in there for 22 <laughs> weeks this year. Yeah, I mean, I, was, that's, I was about to
0: say that. You are in the top eight for 22 weeks. Yeah. My team's won two premierships. Don't want to talk about it. Because uh, we didn't do it in 2013. We won three. Anyway, you know the rules. And so, um, uh, you actually, during the week, you write for a Front Bar, a mm. uh, football show. I'm John Seven And... Um, well, I don't know why I said that, but they did about 15 minutes on the disaster of Carlson, right? Yeah, okay. they really did. And then you would have had to have
2: write jokes for that. Yes, I fucking had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to relive that last, like, two minutes about, I reckon, 12 times I would have seen that.
0: Have you seen the footage of Andy Marr from SEN? Yes, so I mean, had
2: yeah, to watch if that. If anyone has seen the footage of
0: SCN, um, Andy Mar like, Elliot kicks the goal, they get front by point, and then Jared Whateley basically calls, like, the last minute and a half. Nanimard does not say a word. Yeah. So he's not doing his job. Like he, if you like, he, he almost expected him to like to pull a, pull a noose out of his bag and just yeah. like finish the job. Like it was horrifying. Yeah. So you wrote the joke that you think Estyn should merge with Carlton. Is that yours? Yes, that was mine. And how many how many other jokes would you write? Like you know, oh, ha- a couple of hundred. Yeah, I'm very good. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. Absolutely. It was brutal, brutal. but
2: it's sort of like it, I guess you could kind of say it was cathartic. Like I saw it that many times that it. You know, I was already broken, so you're just like... You're just watching it and just going, oh, well, what the fuck? Like, at least... The only... The sort of thing that I could take out of it... At least it wasn't a fucking grand final. Like, imagine it's a Kilda fan... <laughs> I find it very funny you think Callum's going to make a grand final, man. That's... <laughs> but imagine it's a Kilda fan, every time they see that fucking toe Matthew poke. Scarlet topo. Yeah, so sure. It would break them inside. Yeah, yeah. And that makes me feel joy. Or the milk. So, I can find joy in other things.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So your, your idea of, like, rehabbing your mind... It's just going on YouTube and watching clips of other teams losing dramatically. Yeah, yeah. but you
2: also you recalibrate. Now, now I can focus on, hopefully, Collingwood going out in straight sets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just you readjust. You readjust. You find new villains to, to hate. So. It's going to be massive.
0: Hey, uh, we've got a little tricky, uh, a, a cheeky little treat right here. Okay. Yeah. So, if you've been following our journey regarding chicken salt. So, I think about maybe <laughs> five years ago. About five years ago, um, Adam and I just go kind of... It was kind of almost like a simultaneous thought. We were like, why is there a sign behind the goals at Adelaide Oval that says chicken salt? And we it couldn't work out. Well, no, we found yeah. out because people messaged in. said It was dark red writing It said Matani It yeah. didn't come up on the TV. And so it said Matani chicken salt. Because we were like, it's weird. Like, what? Just chicken salt. Like, why not just have, like, you know, sauce? Like, and so we found out it was like actually an ad for Matani Chicken Salt and so from then on obviously we all know Chicken Salt is the greatest salt in the world and um, junk is out there throughout the years have been sending us like tweets of pictures of Chicken Salt on special at supermarkets and the like and then to our absolute wonder probably a couple of months ago Big Shed Brewery in Adelaide actually made a Chicken Salt flavoured beer okay
2: which absolutely no one fucking asked for <laughs> like, it wasn't like people were banging down, when are you making the chicken stock? All right, we're getting to
0: it. We're in the lab, we're yeah. in the lab. <laughs> we got King, people out King there. King in here with us. <laughs> and so uh, very luckily Steve, a friend of the show uh, in Sydney,
2: uh, uh, gave us four cans of this delightful uh, froth. Yes, now Big Shed, um, we got in touch with Big Shed and they said that they would send some to us and they didn't. And I reckon they're about to find out <laughs> that that is a b- very fucking bad idea <laughs> to cross us. So we're going to crack these open. We crack these open? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's, uh, what is it, 4.8%. It's a, a German-style ghost beer. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm not familiar with.
0: Now, I'm going to break my little celiac dialer right here. Like, like I did last week when I walked into the AFL Kitchen Bar looking for some good content, and I had a Premiership pepperoni at the AFL Kitchen and Bar. Yeah. Which, by the way, is fucking delicious. Like, go down to the AFL Kitchen and Bar when you're you leaving Melbourne. And then proceeded to shit yourself on the Jetstar flight. on way home. In my Celiac world, I did have to go to the supermarket and buy some laxatives. Just had a had a very a very easy right, Monday. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't leave home. Comes on you quick. Um, now should we pour it out of this can? Oh, you. I've opened. I've cracked this one. So okay. I have a smell. Let me put this one back in there. All
2: right. That's not fucking right for a bit. Because I don't want
0: people. <laughs> I, don't want people out of, I don't want people drinking out of. the same cup. Let me
2: pour that in. All right. Okay. Oh, is... oh, so it's very cloudy. Very light, almost like a wheat beer. That—that's fucking heaps, mate. I'm not drinking that. Comes out of the can. Oh fuck, that doesn't smell. Good
0: <laughs> okay, okay. okay, let me, let me, let me, yeah, let yeah. me, let it, me. It's
2: got like kind of a, like a fucking weird gravy smell to it, which is not, which is not what you want in a fucking beer. My first whiff is that it
0: smells like chicken gravy.
2: Yeah, it does, doesn't
3: it? Oh no! Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> fucking
2: hell. All right, here we go. So. Alright, so chicken salt beer, are we yeah, ready?
0: It generally has like gravy, a chicken gravy smell. Aroma, alright, here we go. Okay. okay, here we go. Okay, I'm going in, I'm going in, okay. I'm a beer. Oh god.
2: <laughs> so imagine you'd been. Okay. Alright, alright, alright. So imagine <laughs> okay. you'd been around 13 blokes who'd been eating chicken salt chips all day, yep. and then they'd you. <laughs>
0: Big shout out to the big shed. (laughs) Friend of
2: the show. (laughs) Not friend of the show.
0: It really actually does smell like... You know when you actually, when you cooked a chicken, like you cooked a roast chicken, you take it out and then like the kind of remains? Yeah, yeah, the the bottom of the pan. Yeah, yeah. 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 It actually smells like that. And then you... uh. You go in. (laughs) Yeah, nah, it's... I actually don't see the chicken salt in this at all. I don't feel that at all. Feel more gravy? I feel more gravy. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll, actually, at, at, at the end it. of the show, we did say to people in front row, we'll, we'll palm it off. You don't, maybe don't want to have it now. Yeah. But, like, we'll, <laughs> After that glowing but review. We'll, we'll, give, we'll give as many people a sample as we can. I've got my cups there, but we'll do that at the end of the show. We'll keep them cold. But I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll put this one down. Oh,
2: you're going to finish <laughs> it. What's fucking wrong with you? That's because you enjoyed bu- you know. LAUGHTER
0: You gotta want Catholic school.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, we fucked around too much. Right. Uh, we got a very fucking special guest coming up. Yeah, no need for a big introduction. Please work on stage to the legendary Matthew Law.
2: Welcome.
5: Thank you. I was going to yell out, "Harden up, you blokes, but uh, <laughs> I drink Bacardi Breeze and uh, vodka cruiser so I couldn't really say Matthew, that. do you want to give, you a, f- give what it a sniff,
0: give it a taste? Like, yeah, see what you think. What's your taste? Shit house. <laughs> 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 I'm not really a beer man, but... Uh,
5: yeah, can take the taste of chicken. chicken yeah, <laughs> weird, isn't it? Yeah. So
2: you're a breezy man. What's your favourite colour? Are you uh, a, a guava? What are you? I'm pineapple.
5: Guava. Yeah, a bit of a, I can stomach them all, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> it was hard for a lot of the boys to take when you come in the mid 90s, and it's yeah. uh, they're hard nosed, and I'm uh, Dean Wallace, Mark Harvey, those types, <laughs> and then I'm sneaking
0: the Bacardi Breezes <laughs> at the into the, the Mad Mondays, but uh, they come around to me after a while. Can I uh, quickly give the tale of the tape for Matthew Lloyd? 270 games, 928 goals, three Coleman medals, five All Australian, 22,000 premiership, Mark of the Year, Goal of the Year, and I think the jewel in your crown was you were the AFL Rising Star nominee around 1996.
5: (laughs) That's probably the biggest. biggest. I'd, I'd love to take those stats. You said 928
0: goals. It's an extra. 26.
5: Yeah, it's an extra two you've given me. I'd love to claim it, but uh, I'm an honest man. 926 it was.
0: Okay, I'll send a very angry letter to Wikipedia then.
2: Lloyd <laughs> <laughs> changed that himself.
3: Uh,
0: <laughs> and
5: I was listening to you talk about Carlton too. Oh yeah. I despise Carlton. <laughs> uh, but my brother's the head of footy at Carlton. Yeah, yeah. So there's part of me like wanting to win now, which I don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah don't And your dad played for played for Carlton too. Yeah. I
0: played. had no idea about that. I doing research on you. Like I, I had no idea your dad played was yeah. like 20 odd games. Uh, 20. Yeah. So growing up, the father
5: son rule was 20 games, and Dad played 29. So my whole childhood, I thought if I'm good enough, I'll play for Carlton. And I went to the 93 Grand Final when they played Essendon. I was desperate for Carlton to win. But uh, then the rule was changed to 50 games a year or two before I was ready to go. And you ended up with Brendan Favola, so that's <laughs> on you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Now you you grew up in uh, in my hood like you grew up in Avondale Heights is that right yeah, I did That's Did you play right. for Avondale in yeah, the ADFL? My old junior footy yeah Yeah right so I played for Strathmore yes. Now did you ever get bashed by Mooney Valley Like oh, when you played against petrified. them Petrified Absolutely petrified Yeah so Mooney Valley were like the hard nuts in our um, area the team like under 16s, the blokes would drive to the game, <laughs> <Their> <laughs> fucking beards and stuff they just knocked off tattoos the and they would kick the fucking shit yeah, out of you
5: yeah. So they're actually they were let out from um, I'm trying to think what the Toronto Tur- Tarana, yeah, Tirana, yeah from the, um, you know, kids, what do you call it, kids' jail? Kid, juvenile, and uh, so we'd be saying to the umpires, make sure you've checked their fingernails, <laughs> make sure you've checked their socks, who are that scared of them? And one day I was filling in, actually, uh, for my brother Brad's team, uh, sorry, I was boundary umpire for them. Yeah. And uh, I said, on the fall, so my dad, my dad was a coach, and he always would say, if it's borderline, you go Avondale's way, not any other team. So <laughs> it was a, a call that probably could have gone Mooney Valley's way, and... And I said, it was on the full. He said, no, it was inside the line. I said, on the boundary. I you just worry about getting a kick. I said to the bloke, he chased me for about five (laughs) (laughs) minutes. So uh, I knew to bite my lip against Moody
3: Valley next time around. (laughs) Yeah, they were fucking hard. Oh, they were. Oh, they were brutal.
0: So can I ask the question, uh, in the spirit of the TV show you're on, uh, Essendon is a rabble. Good call, bad call. (laughs) (laughs) Pertinent call. Yeah, yeah, good good call. Good
5: call, smart call, but... uh, those decisions uh, were the right call, I would have thought. Uh, so those dis- hard decisions that he's made, I think maybe, uh, like your mob, Carlton, had to make some tough ones. Whoever barracks for Collingwood in here, they were seen as a bit of a uh, basket case this time last year. Not as bad, but you loot lute- President goes, uh, coach goes,
2: uh, board members go, and uh, look at what they've done this year. So when they talk about the coteries at Essendon, how much influence do they have within, like, to you as a player, do you even think about it? Um,
5: they, they sent us away on some good footy trips, those coaches. Yeah, right. But, uh, <laughs> no, so they do have uh, a bit of coin. But, uh, yes, I think the problem with Essendon is a lot of guys who you know, donate so much money. I think it happens at most of the clubs, but they feel with the more they donate, the more they feel they've got the right to make decisions. And I think that's where Essendon have got to... Uh, Know, they've got a process now, a new president who is not going to stand for too much of that anymore.
0: But these are people not in actual positions, like they're outside the outside club. But yeah,
5: part of the, yeah, there's a heap of code, there's an Essendonian group, there's a Diamond Dons group, there's all these different types of group who would give the club millions of dollars a year. Um, so obviously with that comes that they, they like to have a bit of power with some decisions, but... Yeah. And do they
2: help you say so you've got your salary that's on the books?
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Essendon's been in enough, enough trouble, so I'm not going
4: to fall
5: for that one. So, uh, I was never paid in a brown paper bag like your mob. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Were you... You were never out at the hangar, were you? You were always, no, at, was, always at Windy Hill. Always at Do you reckon yeah, that's yeah. hurt him a little bit, just going out there? Like, Tullamarine's the pretty, yeah. like, soulless. No-one ever it's, to it's, fucking go out it's there. It's a good question, um, because
5: uh, I, I look at it now and say, you know, your career, we didn't know any different when,
2: yep. you know, there was rats
5: running along your gym and all that sort of thing. And it was pretty ordinary at Essendon, too, but uh, because Arden Street was down the road, we looked like we had everything. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> but um, I sometimes look at it. Now, we were doing our you know, recovery in uh, wheelie bins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're now sitting back in a like what's like a swimming pool, hot, colds, watching TV, for example. And I sometimes think, well, how lucky are they? Yeah. Even though they had to take it out there. So I think they've got it pretty good despite lacking a bit of bit of soul out there it's whole, uh, and I guess it's yeah. not that far is it and you're going
2: against the traffic in yeah, the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's positives yeah, close to the airport yeah
0: exactly yeah. 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 I mean it's pretty convenient I mean if you lived in town you catch the sky bus out there <laughs> <right>? <laughs> 19 bucks one way you know AFL kitchen and bar for lunch yeah. I mean yeah. pop yeah. in for a yeah. margarita yeah. midfielders margarita <laughs> So what do you kind of want to see to happen at the Bombers? Like, I mean, you know, are there particular coaches out there? Because I'm going to say as well, like you probably have a big say in this as well in terms of your your media profile and I'm sure you've got the ear of people. Yeah,
5: I want to see them win a final. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Uh, it's been 2004. Uh, I actually played in it. That's how long ago it was. Sheedy was the coach. They've won one final. I think one coach has won a final for them in I think 40 or 50 years. It's Kevin Sheedy. So yeah. it just shows how, how poor it's been. And when I walked into the club, it was all about... Um, if we don't play in a prelim, it's a failure. So I walked in as a 16-year-old and I said, unless we finish top four, to us it's a failure. Whereas now, um, yeah, I think you know, bottom we, yeah, bottom four is like all right. Exactly right. <laughs> if you get out of that, you're doing all right. So um, yeah, what I want to see, uh, I, I do want to see some stability at, at management level. Uh, you know, you see guys like Michael Hurley retire; they retire never having won a final. Whereas yeah, wow. I, you know, whereas I, for me, I played in 18 finals. Um, you know prelims, grand finals, you know, and, and, and that was the expectation. Whereas no one at Essendon understands what success is, even at, at Carlton. Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, I want to I I have no notes, fucking like, idea it, what I success is. Like, uh, yeah, I don't I get know.
5: It. Yeah, no, and these blokes, Kurnow, Mackay, all good players, but don't have any success. And that's where you look at like uh, Joel Salwood and Tommy Hawkins, great footy club. They just get back there year after year.
0: Now you lived in Scotland for a while yeah. when you were a kid
5: yeah I did so i um, you know my dad through his work, he was an engineer, and got the opportunity to go live in Scotland so um, yeah, so the first sports I ever played were rugby and soccer, so I spent about three years there and Whereabouts in Scotland? Uh, I lived in Edinburgh for, yeah. for three years
0: and. Um, go up to the castle. Go uh, up to the gift, uh, yeah, sh- the gift shop. Yeah, did all those things. <laughs> and uh, actually, I can't even remember. To be honest, I was a bit too. Young. I, I remember going. The first time I went to Edinburgh Castle years ago. If you don't know Edinburgh, like there's, there's a big hill with a castle on top of it. I think, well, yeah. they named
2: it after the pub in yeah. Sydney Road. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I remember going there for the very first time and the tour guide took us around and then at the, end the tour, he said, I meant to tell you to go through the gift shop, but given this is my final
2: day, it's an overpriced monstrosity, do not go in there. <laughs> now what was it like, as a, how old were you when you got to Essendon, 16, uh, 17? Six, 16, 16, yeah. what was it like um, meeting Sheeds for the first time?
5: Uh, it was daunting. Uh, he, so he, his first piece of advice, which I'll never forget, was, um, you know, I want you to walk away from your career having paid off a house. Yep. And if you can do that, you pay off your second one and your third one. And, and okay, what, what? how much is your house worth then? It's, uh, <laughs> uh, t- 10 mil, no matter uh, <laughs> uh, So, uh, so Sheet was sown with that. He said that um, uh, I, I marked a ball on my chest and he said, go and run some 400s. And when, he came, when I came back after doing four 400s, he said, why do you think you're running them for? I said, I don't know. He said, I'm, you're never to mark a ball on your chest for the rest of your time here. It's got to be out in front. Uh, and I said, oh, I've just seen James Hurd do it. And he said, but he's not, for- not going to be a full forward, so you have to do it. But the most daunting thing was that um, I was getting ready in the number 19 locker when I first got there. And uh, I don't know if anyone remembers who was 19 at that time. His name was Peter Somerville, a big ruckman, a plumber. He, he didn't like the fact that I came in as a number one draft pick. There was a bit of that, that going on. So uh, next minute he's over the top of me and he's got one hand on either leg. And, okay, he okay, said, okay. and he says, okay. th- and he says, no, we, and, <laughs> and okay, we might need to redact yeah. the next bit of this. <laughs> and he says to me, listen here, sweet Pete, <laughs> this will be the first and the last time you ever sit in the number 19 locker, you're number 18, so you don't sit here again. And as he took his hands off, he'd rubbed chewing gum in either, all through my leg hairs, all through my leg hairs, so, uh, <laughs> leg hairs. so uh, I, I did, it's fair to say I didn't sit in number
0: 19 for much longer after that. Sounds like the opening of a Japanese porn <laughs> film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: But uh, anyway, it was uh, different sheets, you yeah, I remember my first year, he said, I don't know who to select, you or Dean Wallace, so he said, come with me, he just kicked the ball out for half an hour, first one to get it back to him. <laughs> Half uh, an how we're doing
0: this for. Yeah, it was just uh, pretty
5: tough and brutal. Those times have certainly changed.
0: Is, is, is he a bit like Yoda? Like, he'll kind of say something <laughs> and you kind of walk away going, I don't really know what that means. You are 100% right. Yeah. <laughs> I <have> no <laughs> idea. Because I remember we had Ryan Fitzgerald on the show um, years ago and, um, and he talked about uh, when he met Sheedy before being drafted. Eston had showed interest. I think he went at number five in the draft, didn't he? And he went to a hotel and Sheedy was there. He went with his dad. And, uh, and she just kind of looked at him like, you look like you want to play football. And Fitzy was like, I don't know what the fuck that <laughs> means. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's why I'm here, mate. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh, he definitely was, certainly was unique. But, uh, yeah, no, after my parents, the biggest influence in my career. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. And what about
2: Sprays? Like, could he really, like, when he went yeah. and did, would he single you out in front of the so group?
5: It, it, I remember there was this one day we were playing uh, West Coast at Marvel and I'm blaming the, the, the way it was built. I, co- I couldn't see the <laughs> footy, wasn't attacking the ball as hard as I should have. It was the son's fault, not, not anything else. And, and a quarter time he, he looked at me and he goes, "And Lloyd, you're not, a, not only embarrassing yourself, you're embarrassing your mum, your dad, your brother, your sister <laughs> and the 50,000 in this stadium today. And the people of Scotland. Yeah, <laughs> the people of Scotland. <laughs> and uh and you saw the moment he said it you, i could sense he regretted it yeah, oh, right. yeah. Uh, so he was one of those guys um because he hadn't checked with those fifty yeah, yeah, thousand, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah your parents definitely your parents definitely were but they, yeah. they didn't know about that. i mean the guy in rowe she didn't have anything to do with it <laughs> But uh, he mellowed, he, uh, certainly for the first four or five years it was, was hard, but the last ten I had with him he was, he was he mellowed a
0: lot. So do you think that's a bit of an almost a initiation in terms of like he goes hard at you for a few years and then once he you prove yourself he kind of eases off?
5: Uh, Sheets was interesting where he would, he, once you earned your stripes and you're in his best five or six players, he was okay, he's pretty good towards you, he'd mm-hmm. look after you, but the, you wouldn't want to be in the last five or six, he'd pop it a bit, whereas... Maddie Knights came in, and he would—he went the hardest. I, I, I copped it from Matty Knights. Really? And, uh, yeah, so he lasted huh. two and a half years. <laughs> and you were captain? <laughs> and I was you were captain, captain, and yeah. uh, he lasted two and a half years, so I got him
0: back in the end. <laughs> well, I mean, on that note, actually, we do have some surprise, surprise special guests. Please welcome on stage, Campbell Brown and Brad <laughs> Oh, you oh. fucking dog. But you're all good with them. Like it was all—it's football, you
5: know. Yeah, well, uh, it was amazing that Campbell and I. So Brad was fine. He just shook my hand and
3: said. Well, he wasn't fine. He was shaking <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was, he was when, he, when he came, <laughs> when he came two, three weeks later, he was fine. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. I mean, and you know, ch- seven surgeries later, yeah, he was fine. Yeah, he was once,
2: fine. Yeah. Once his cheekbone was reconstructed,
5: <laughs> he was all right. But uh, I turned on the radio about seven o'clock that night, you know, after I had to be escorted to my car yeah. by uh, police because there were really? about hundred Hawthorne supporters had got under the MCG car park and so oh, I got es- it. yeah. it's, like, it's, like <laughs> the, it's like January 6th. Yeah. <laughs> so so <laughs> So it was, it was it was dark by the time I left, but I had the sun visors, I had everything I'd sunglasses on just because I'm thinking I don't want any Hawk supporter to see me on the way home. And at about seven o'clock I finally turned the radio on. They said, what an eventful day it's been. Uh, Campbell Brown, we'll finish with what Campbell Brown had to say. And he said, Matthew Lloyd is one of the biggest snipers the game's ever seen. We hope he plays next year because we want him. We want him. <laughs> and, and so, um, anyway, we, I didn't, wouldn't have spoken to Campbell for about three years. No. I, everyone else was good, good towards me. But then I got a direct message from Campbell Brown. He said... Um, Meet you and, in the car park. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, it's Campbell Brown. He said, team. can you bail me out? I'm in Thailand. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> He goes, it's Campbell Brown, uh, sorry, it's, it's Brad Sewell's Bucks, Bucks Day. And he said, can I come and see you? I said, no problems. He came and saw me. And it was an, he had gave me an Essendon jumper with number 18 on it. And I wrote, dear Brad, I hope you'll last longer on your Bucks Day than you did on the MCG. That's <laughs> a faithful <laughs> after. <that. laughs> yeah, so.
0: So that was, Campbell and I had a beer that day and we've, we get on pretty well now.
5: Yeah, great. Mm,
0: yeah. <laughs> Can I check a story from years ago? I have half a memory of this. And I think maybe your, your first child had been born. It was something in the paper. And you'd gone away, you'd play interstate, and you'd shared a hotel room with another player. Can you tell if this is true if I remember correctly? But you kind of slept walked and you walked over your teammate and kind of, Tucked him in, going to go, quiet, baby, quiet, baby. Is that
5: no, true? No, at first I've heard of it. So. Oh, uh, I generally have a memory of that. I generally uh, have a memory uh, of that. No idea.
0: Wait a second, that was a dream I had last <laughs> night. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, uh,
5: I roomed with Scott Lucas one day and he snored so badly. So you do room, you don't get your own room? Uh, well, after that day, they yeah. said to me, jeez, that's the worst game we've ever seen you play. And I said, Lucas was like a chainsaw last night yeah. and I got about you know, 20 minutes
2: of sleep. And they said, oh, you can have your own room from now on. So <laughs> the penthouse.
5: Yeah, so that was, that was the end of that.
2: Now, let's talk about the team you had in... So, 99 led into 2000. Obviously, 99 was really bad. And then 2000, did you just go out there going, we are never going to fucking drop a game? And then... Yeah. Dude... Wait. Sorry, go on. Oh, no, I was going to say, because the way that you played that year was just unbelievable. There was no chance you were never never going to win that flag. I've never seen a team
0: where they get the ball on the back line and you go... This is going to be a goal. Yeah, like you could just run up the field and do whatever you want. And
2: you didn't think, sing the theme song after uh, games. Then you were so focused on that.
3: Yeah, last so
0: we, we I lost. I mean, Adam Adam said it was the worst team he'd ever seen ever. But like,
3: <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we lost the unlosable to your mob in '99. Yeah. yeah, so we'd beaten. Uh, yeah. Not not for bowlers, mate over there, is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's so, fair. It's fair, yeah, is it? <laughs> feb. So yeah, we get, get a drink on the tab, yeah. mate. It's alright. <laughs> So we lost to you, yeah, you blokes, in 99. We'd beaten them by 76 points about four weeks earlier. And not, we must have been thinking of the grand final and thought, how easy is this going to be in hindsight? and How was she after that game? Uh, he, he was brutal. The, the worst they say he's ever they've, we've ever heard him or they've heard him was the 96 prelim when Plugger kicked that winning yeah. point. I've actually got that written down here because he ruptured his spleen yes, in that game. So so I, were you I, maybe not in the room? I know. I was in uh, a King's Cross hospital. Dude. Oh. yeah, um, Yeah. Being filled with
0: morphine. Yep. And sweet. They said, <laughs> and they, yeah, sweet. Uh, morphine, King's, cross off, Kings cross off the street.
2: off the
0: street. It's just like a, bl- a bike he showed up, said, so <laughs> I hear someone's crook.
5: Yeah, Bam Bam, I think it was. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so Bam Bam, uh, said <laughs> to, he said to me that night, so they filled me with morphine and they said, hop, five times. And I, they said, how are you feeling? And I said, I'm feeling much better. So I said, he's right to go, go home. So I go home, and uh, I'm just lucky that my parents were up for the game, and they said, and they they popped in. They said, "We'll let you have get some rest, but we'll leave the room." So um, I said, "Mum, can you just help me get to the bathroom? I'm not. I'm starting to feel crook again." Passed uh, all this blood, and um, we called up Dr. Bruce Reed, who, who, and through all this pain, he just said to me, "Settle down, settle down." But have you got any shoulder pain? And I said, "My shoulders absolutely killing me." He goes. Get him to the hospital. He's got a ruptured spleen. So I one of the that. symptoms is uh, a pain in your shoulder. Really? And I had a liter and a half of blood in my stomach by the time I got ah. back to the hospital. And what does your spleen do? It's it's helps supports uh, stopped colds flus. It helps you with the and uh, looks after your shoulders. Looks after. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a shoulder that knocked out so many years <laughs> later. So, uh, and so then, if you were playing a game, like how many? Weeks off, would you need for a ruptured spray? Uh,
5: it was 12. It was twelve. I lost eight kilos. Yeah. Um, and um, so, not a bad way if you're trying to lose weight, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and you missed the
0: famous sheety spray. Uh, I missed the sheety
5: spray and um, missed the, at the end of it all. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, 12 weeks it probably took me to get over. And I couldn't have contact for six months mm-hmm.
2: as well. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that was yeah. leading into 2000.
5: Yeah, 2000, yeah. And we, we, we were. Uh, as you touched on, so we all, had, I saw Essendon have just taken off to Ibiza, which is interesting after the year they've had, and uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, we actually had our trip cancelled, and we went straight to Essendon Grammar School, and started an intense training camp, they so said you've got two weeks off, straight into camp, Um They cancelled your trip? They cancelled our trip. So and you paid for everything? Paid for everything, and... Um, well... Yeah, paid for everything. Invited to commerce, and um, and on that camp you touched on, Kevin Bartlett was uh, invited, and uh, and he said, uh, "Unless you win the grand final, don't bother singing the song. Yeah. Like, uh, no win it means anything until you win that grand final." We had a, a tough side, a really tough mm. side, but a, a skillful side. Um, we had everything covered, and and teams I felt like. Half beaten, running down the race. That's how, yeah. how good we were. And then um, it was just pretty much you got to just get it right come finals time. And uh, we we won our first final by 25 goals against North. Our next final against Carlton by 10 goals, and then the grand final by 10 goals. So it was a pretty special side to be part of. Quite incredible,
2: man. Quite an incredible career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now um, you were one of the last ones. So I think Buddy would have been the last one to kick 100, but you kicked you kicked 100 a couple of times. Yeah. How, how much fun was that when everyone invaded the ground? like for you? Oh, it was good fun. Uh, I was um, seeing blokes.
5: I grew up with Avondale Heights. I was high-fiving. It was like a reunion. <laughs> yeah. I saw a few St. Bernard's mates down the back. They were there as well. Um, I've had people like, um, you remember Matt Tilly who was on the radio? Yeah. He, was, he was out there. Um, there was a bloke that's on the project. I'm trying to think of his name but one of the hosts. He was out there. So it was all, all sorts of people out there and uh, just to see the joy I suppose um, on the faces of guys. I grew up, you know, I, I, James Heard and um, Fletch and all these guys who are well older than me. Yeah. The smiles on their faces, saying that someone's just kicked 100 goals, and then um, it was David King and Duck and Carey. I felt sorry for them because they had to stand out. They're getting abused by the supporters <laughs> for, about, for about 20 minutes. I, I think they can take care of themselves. Yeah. I think they'll be yeah.
0: Right.
5: yeah. So that was an amazing, probably obviously from an individual perspective, it was uh, it was an amazing thrill. Yeah. It was an amazing thrill. Closest
0: thing to being a rock star, I would have thought. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, um, we'll let you go very shortly, Matthew. It's very kind of you. Thank you for coming along. I took a very quick question. I'm fascinated by this.
2: This isn't about the baby again, is it? No, just no. Fev kicked 99. Oh, yeah, in
0: 2008, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ran out for Buddy's 100 and then uh, we were, we, we were the, the same game.
2: We were. And then Clarko flooded the back line.
0: Yeah, but then he had Ruff in the back line, but then Ruff moved out of the back line. Fev has himself to blame for not kicking 100. He chased harder in that final five minutes than he's ever chased in his entire life. <laughs> Fuck Brendan bola. That's what I'm saying. Fight me! <laughs> why... Well will let you go shortly, but like, why are you Lord O and not Lloydy? Like, I'm always wondering about that. Like, I wake yeah. up at night
3: and I go... <laughs> <laughs> I go, why is,
0: yeah. why is it Lord O, not Lloydy? It'll make a lot of sense
5: once I explain it, but who butchers a lot of words? Uh, there was with Channel 9 for a long, long period of time. Brownless. Brownless.
3: Brownless. Got it in one. <laughs> Got it in
5: one. So, I I was with, uh, when I retired, I did two years with Channel 10, lost the TV rights and then... uh, Was that your fault?
0: What? Potentially, (laughs) potentially.
5: uh, And I, and I, my sister was actually, I was out of it. Seven, Fox, weren't interested and my sister just works behind the scenes at Channel 9. She said, Dermy's leaving uh, the Sunday footy show, so there's a spot for you. So, manager made the phone call and I walked in and uh, Bill saw me, he hadn't seen me for a number of years, he just looked a bit flustered and rattled and he... He went to say Lloydy and he said, "G'day, Lordo,", Lordo. and um, <laughs> and then everyone, like JB and uh, obviously Gary Lyon and all those that were there, go, "What was that, Lordo?" And, th- and that's as simple as that. It just stuck. <laughs> 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 Billy's We're not the brightest, us footballers. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's,
0: uh, not much of a great story. To I all. mean, if you want to hang around, we'll tell you the story why Adam's called Fuckwit. <laughs> interesting story. Very interesting good. story. Very good. Hey, thank you, Matthew Lord. Very, uh, very kind of you, and uh, I, thank you, mate. I admire, <laughs> I admire that you've um. You've been holding on to the beer the entire time But you haven't finished it He had one mouthful, he didn't finish it I'll, I'll be kind, I can give him You don't sip. have to finish it Poor man. No, Don't do it mate, don't do it I'll have a vodka out the back Thank you <laughs> Thanks Matthew Lordo Lloyd! Thank you we oh. got a quick snap Lordo <laughs> Lordo. <laughs> Lordo Thanks mate, That's very kind of you
2: Happy Lloyd, everybody. <laughs> now, we can't see into the darkness. I'm hoping Flem's here. He is? Great.
0: Another very special guest coming up here on the Junk Time Apple Podcast. Please welcome Australian cricketing legend, Damien Fleming. <laughs>
2: Good
4: day, everybody. Hello! How are you? Uh, I've been better. Really? Mm. Yeah. Uh, just had a loss for the Ashburton under 12 girls oh, no. against <laughs> <laughs> Richmond, and it mate, the debrief was fucking brutal. <laughs> really? <laughs> really, brut-y, brutal. Lexi, why did you go kick across goal? And Izzy, oh, why did you back your man? Yeah. And, um, your, your Poppy, there? pick up your. Yeah. You're a coach there or you're part of the team? Assistant or? coach. Yeah. yeah. So I, 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 made, I made a decision a few years ago, don't be the coach. Because you're the one that gets the phone calls from the parents going, oh, why is no, no, my girl so playing so. there and yeah, why yeah. and <laughs> that sort of stuff. So yeah. assistants, yeah, you've got some control, but you don't take any responsibility. And so you have a daughter playing the team? Yeah, Izzy come off late with a hamstring. Mm-hmm. Um, so we rested her up. Uh, but it's just great. You know, the girls were fantastic. And, and we said at the end... Uh, for me as a coach, you know, did you enjoy the footy? Did you feel like you improved? And do you want to come back next year? So they said tick to all three, and uh, yeah, fantastic.
2: And they're off to Vegas now?
4: They're off. <laughs> Actually, Mad Monday's at um, 7 <laughs> Eleven they got got, the, the, I think, the M&M's, uh, the frozen Coke, and yeah. then finish up with a TikTok. Yep.
0: Yeah, sweet. I'll give the uh, tail the tale for Damien Fleming. 20 tests, 88 one-day one day internationals, played for Australia from 94 to 2001. 209 wickets in total, top test score of ni- uh, 71 not out, part of the 1999 World Cup winning team. Got a hat-trick on debut, but you don't like to talk about that. I know that much. Tough one, tough one. And also, the jewel in the crown won silver medal at the 1998 (laughs) Commonwealth Games in Kuala Lumpur. Thank you. And also, most importantly... And I think from now
2: on you'll be known as Jasmine Fleming's father. Yeah, I hope so. Let's hope so. <laughs> so your daughter made her debut last night.
4: Yeah, it was fantastic. How I was don't it? know if anyone was uh, when I look at Marvel for the Hawks and Essential Essendon. Yeah, yeah, it was you're awesome. It was sick. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, what'd you think? It was great atmosphere. I loved it. And yeah, um, it was originally at Port Melbourne Oval, but you know, with twelve thousand people at Marvel, that's fine, mm. isn't it? For atmosphere and all. Yeah, the whole facilities. bottom level was chock a block. Yeah, um, but we come second. Um, <laughs> Essendon were fantastic, but, yeah, just a great journey because even Jasmine, she's 17, doing Year 12. You know, she gave up footy about five years ago because she was playing against boys and there wasn't girls' teams. So we still haven't had a generation of a girl coming through, starting in Auskick and going all the way through. That's probably two years away. So good on the AFL. They haven't messed around. They've got the 18 teams. You can support uh, the club that you've always supported, but also for girls now, there's a serious pathway and a serious pathway for 650 girls each, uh, each season. That's great.
2: Now, um, you're a filthy Hawthorne supporter. Is it, how did it, it end up that your daughter plays for them?
4: Was that any connection through you? Like well, we wouldn't play would. for fucking Carlton. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is Daniel Harper here? That.
4: Is Harper here? No, we lo- Daniel Harper's the coach. Of, yes, uh, because she was the she was the number two number two pick in the draft this year. Yeah, it's a bit different with the girls. It's not a truly national draft, so unless the girl nominates to go in a state, that doesn't happen. So, oh, right. Charlie, so compromised. It's compromised. It, it's compromised them, yeah. it is for the um, uh, f- particularly you know for Adelaide, who are very strong at the moment, yep. in their and they're under seventeen and eighteen So there's only two teams they go to. So I'd imagine Adelaide South Australian footy is pretty strong. Um, mm. But the number one, uh, Mon Ham, who unfortunately hurt her knee. I hope it's not too bad last night. She nominated Sydney, even though she's from Victoria. Um, And so that opened up Jazz to go number one in Victoria, but number two overall. So in the end, Essendon and Hawthorne as new Victorian teams, they had probably the top six choices. So we probably knew it was either going to be Hawthorne and how would you feel about her going to Essendon? What would
0: you have thought? What have you thought? If she, you because know, we all love those kind of clips on YouTube and like whether club, you know, I'm doing my debut, or yeah. or the the girls players, you know, there's one a great one of um, uh, Chris Grant, Grant's daughter, kind of you know, giving her, yeah. giving her a box and he opens the jumper and stuff like that. If she walked into the room with a box and said, Dad, no. I'm making my debut. If you open that box, then there was a Essendon jumper in there.
4: I' just reflect <laughs> like that. out of the will straight oh, away. Well, you know, it's. That, that last quarter of the 1984, it's final, grand final. It's still too raw. I don't want to talk about it. How did we lose about... that chamber?
0: Dude, I've, I've I literally even have grand final marathons or Fox footy shows, like, you know, great final quarters. Never watched it. As soon as it's 84, I'm like, change the channel. No, never seeing it.
4: Yeah, and unfortunately for us, her um, uncle, Gary O'Donnell, yes. is a legend there and all that sort of stuff. So there was all always that uh, little yeah. link. Um, and in the end, I'll lie and say, it wouldn't matter where she went because yeah. she's... At Hawthorne, how (laughs) good's (laughs) that? And And she loves it because she knows the players. The rest of the girls, a lot of them go, you know, uh, the boys train, uh, Sam Mitchell's really embraced it and I think he got Beck Goddard, the female coach, to help out with Box Hill last year Mm -hmm. when Sam was coaching there. So on Saturdays, the boys join in for the last 30 minutes with the girls, so how good's that? So Jazz is just like going, oh, my God, there's Mm. warps and all that sort of stuff. Most of the girls don't know what happens, so eventually one girl said to one guy, hey, so, so what do you do around here? And big boy goes, I'm the captain. <laughs> now, were you a gun uh, footballer as well yes. as you? So you had a choice to make. Yes. <laughs> w- were, were you talking to clubs? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alan Jeans, the great man, ruined my football career. So, um, played for Springvale, Noble Park, got invited down the Hawks. Signed on back then, mid-season. You know, you just sign on before the... It was June 3rd, around year the we, financial... are talking
0: about down
4: here? Uh, about 87. Yep. So there's no chance of me getting a reserves game for Hawthorne back then. They were unreal, weren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and Ray Biffin was the coach, uh, the hard man there. So I signed on and virtually they just said, do you want to play? Because the night didn't put a lot of credence in their 19s, but the resies. Uh, we had a bye, or Hawthorne had a bye, played for Noble, got injured, doing year 12... Uh, got put in... Sorry. Signed on a Monday night and uh, on the Wednesday night got put in the Victorian state squad cricket. So already I start to think, oh, like I'm the best 17-year-old cricketer in Victoria yeah. and I'm one of 700 footballers, aren't you? So uh, finished, did my HSC, played for Victoria, but I was still young enough to be 19. So they invited me down to run again after I played Victoria and uh, Russell Green was the coach of the 19s and we played a full-on practice match and in the middle was Alan Jeans and I know about you, Trump, but I just revered Alan Jeans yeah. and you'd know, see him on World of Sport and he'd talk yeah. that. But he had the loudest voice of all time. So I'm playing on the wing. No one knows who I am. Ball kept going and Genji just kept going get in there number 17 and I'm just thinking no get it out to me Genji. I've got quite good skills oh, you're an outside player <laughs> outside player I'll I'll hit them beautifully and I'm probably bust uh, no I mean it's a fair target anyway um <laughs> And I just remember going, I just want to get off this ground. I'll never play football again. And it was at Glenfrey Oval. I don't know if anyone's been there. It's small and it's muddy. And we did that drill that everyone used to hate. You know when the coach kicks it 50 metres out and it's me and you to to bring it back? And in the end, I just said, mate, you get this one, I'll get that one. And, um, and walked off and never played um, footy again. So, always better at cricket, though. So wasn't good to know really you brought that
2: kind of effort to the sporting field, though. That's, um, <laughs> I can see why Australia chose
0: and did, you. And did you bring that culture to the Australian dressing room?
4: <laughs> I, I used to like kick-to-kick, because kick, me and the late, great Shane Warne, and Warne, he was a superb player. Obviously, he said he was a little bit slow, but he, had, he was a great mark and a beautiful kick. We'd put the big dumb Queenslanders up either end because yeah, they'd just yeah. play rugby and we'd be taking big hangers on them. <laughs> yeah, good air for McDermott. That was really good. Well done, Haydos. <laughs> do, just take a I do love it when they bring the football out before
0: the pregame. Like, I remember years ago, I think, I think Australia was playing at Lords and I think if an English friend of mine was there and I messaged back and forth and he came back and he said, Glenn McGrath I can't kick a footy. It's
2: fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Now obviously, uh, cricket can be quite dull, like test matches and stuff. If you're, do, you, do you ever get bored? No, I love cricket, don't worry. I spend all day at home, but... All day at home. There were days when it's a road and it's fucking, you yeah. know, two for 600 or whatever. When
4: you're at fine leg, you just go, fuck this. Like, I'm fucking bored. Flat pitch, two for 600. It yep. just led me into my hat trick beautifully. <laughs> um, <laughs> Picture it, Pakistan, 1994. Yeah, and I do apologise if detail's are a little bit sketchy. I has not haven't spoken about it publicly <laughs> before. Tonight. Now, are you still the only member of the hat on debut club? No, I was the first. Yeah. Um, so we had our golf day um, <laughs> uh, two weeks ago at Kingston Heath, so I won that again. There's still only me in the club. Um, <laughs> got the longest drive, um, closest to the pin. Um, the only negative was the proposed tennis match. Can't go ahead because no, there's no-one sure. to fucking return the yeah, serve, sure. is there? <laughs> I suppose the, the So poke, we need someone in yeah, the club. The poker match probably doesn't go there. No, um, but what I've done, I don't know if anyone fo- fo- um, follows me on social media, but I write a letter to every deputant since then, <laughs> inviting them into the club. But I felt bad because the last guy I invited was Big Cam Green, uh, who t- took five wickets today against Zimbabwe. But I write this letter, you know, sad. I want to get the tennis match going and please invite... And meanwhile, I've written everyone else's name and crossed it out. So the last one... <laughs> was Cam Green a couple of summers ago, but I apologised to him 12 months later because not only did he not get a hat trick in his first Test match, he didn't get a fucking Test wicket for the whole summer. <laughs> 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 Too much pressure, boys. Yeah. yeah.
0: So take us through the hat trick. I, I actually watched it yesterday. And actually, I'm thinking It's I found grainy, a, isn't it? Very grainy. I find surprised, <laughs> And maybe it was because it was like, it, not in Australia, but like, y- you didn't seem that excited. And the crowd didn't seem to excited, but it was three weeks You're angry, son. Yeah. You?
4: Uh, it was the year before Foxtel. Okay. So ninety five West Indies, where we won. Um, that was broad, first one brought on Foxtel. So it was in and nine didn't um, obviously show it, tell it to Pakistan. Um, but for me it was just getting a baggy green. You know, I was test cap three six one. Who was your captain when you came in? Uh, Mark Taylor. Tub yep, yep. Tub, chewing his gum. Uh, he got a pair in his first test match as captain, um, but wouldn't have known it. Really great captain. Did tub- he ever
2: take the gum and rub it into
4: your leg hair? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he drink, dr- drunk a lot of piss. Okay. Tub- yeah. yeah, he's a bit... But you know, Does so he,
0: he- uh, give you a good deal on a fujitsu every now and then? <laughs> Never.
4: <laughs> Never. I think once he can pronounce it properly, <laughs> he'll open it up to <laughs> ex-players. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, mate, I mean, all you want to do is get another test match, don't you? Uh, so, I got four wickets in the first innings with Craig McDermott. Sent them in and, yeah, they were about two for 600. Got the ball, got on a hat-trick and just thought... Uh, the guy I was bowling to was a guy called Salam Malik, who was the ca- Pakistan captain, who later got banned for life for oh, match-fixing yeah, match and fixing thrown his wicket away. But he's 230. Also gave away wickets, did he? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I Selim, think we I'm found on, a hole Selim, in I'm this on, story. Monte,
2: on debut, mate. Here's a, here's a couple of lazy...
0: Yeah, I mean, I did find it weird that all of a sudden after that tour
4: you were driving around in a Ferrari. <laughs> He's a good man. He's a good man. <laughs> but it's sort of weird. It all goes in slow-mo. Like, I'm going, I'm no chance here. It's flat-ass. And I, I turned to Craig McDermott at mid-on going, Billy, someone doesn't know it yet but he's going to become part of history. And Billy looks at me like I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, like, and he just nicked it and then you're through. And um, we did find it funny in hindsight that he did run off the pitch, jump in the air like he'd won. <laughs> it. but, <laughs> but it's in wisdom, so I'll take it, less.: That's fantastic. Now, obviously, we need
2: to talk to you about the 99 semifinal win against South Africa. How much, Did you hate South Africa? Or yes.
4: Did you, yeah. Do you get along well with the players? I don't, I don't no. No. You uh, didn't really? No, we did, actually. Socialised a lot. Um, because remember, in 93, 94, it was the first tour um, after they'd been sanctioned because of apartheid. It was massive. And then we went over there, and the, I, I got there late for the one day, and they were like rock stars. Yep. You know, it was just massive everywhere. But we built a big rivalry from that series. Mm. So going in, they were probably the number one rated team, South Africa in that World Cup. Uh, I remember we, our team base was Cardiff. Captain Steve Waugh, Coach Jeff Marsh... Went through you know, KPIs, key performance, all that sort of stuff. But the only thing we remember was Jeff Marsh at the end of the meeting mentioned the three words what every Australian cricketer dis- didn't want to hear. And it wasn't Warn Tech Scandal. Because <laughs> <laughs> we heard that a frigging a lot in England. Don't worry about that. Warner used to slay them. Um, he, was, he was the king uh, uh, I pay the great man. SK. Um, but no, Jeff Marsh said the three words, total drinking ban. Oh. Really? Oh. This is the fucking Australian cricket team. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So in the history of lead balloons, this is the heaviest. Lead balloon, <laughs> <laughs> blokes are, you could see him just going like Mark Did he just say that? You guys are kicking chairs and Darren Lehman started crying. Like people can say
2: next he's gonna bang. Get him out of here.
4: Um, so then so there's a bit of indecision and we lost to Pakistan, lost to New Zealand. Our only win was against um, it was against a full-strength Scottish team that we beat that day. <laughs> How did you go against Kenya? Kenya? Uh, no, but, uh, well, Scotland and Kenya, I think they took up cricket a month before the tournament, <laughs> so we were there. But, yeah, and in the end, the semi was against South Africa, and as I said, they were, like, the number one rated team in yeah. South Africa, so...
2: But they were renowned up to that point for being a little bit choky, weren't they?
4: Well, afterwards, massive chokers. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that, this is probably the game that they really haven't recovered from, um, and, mate, we, we scored about 200. They were numb for 50, so they're cruising to the final against Pakistan. And that's when the ball gets thrown to Warney. Um, Warney in a famous team, he was the most famous player, wasn't he? Yeah, no-one had more charisma than Warnie. Um, you know, he was just a ma- He was a rock star. And, he, and um, he was famous and he wanted fame and he handled it really well. Also on the field, you know, we needed wickets. The ball got thrown to him, um, and he was an amazing player. He had an incredible strike rate. Uh, he was always stalking the opposition, and he hardly ever missed out. And um, and he was pretty good on the field as well. <laughs> <laughs> Probably better off the field. And and the great man. <laughs> The great man actually, he did like when I used to say that because it's all advertising for yeah, pre- yes, back Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I also told him this one if you do look at the highlights of these three deliveries that Warney bowled, I do call them Which the Liz- I did watch recently. So you know yeah. what we call them? The Liz Hurleys. They're absolute <laughs> crackers. <laughs> they
2: fucking are. You know, it gets
4: uh, Gibbs like a gadding ball, we don't talk. He gets yeah. uh, Kirsten through the gate. He gets Crony, even though it bounces he, off his foot, his foot, fuck yeah, off fucking, back to yeah. the dressing room. You fucking cheat. So, <laughs> probably got a
2: bit of money for that one as well, didn't he?
4: Is this the match fixing a, he, special? He, he, it's a special.
2: It is. Uh,
0: is. Uh, Crony had to go. He had a plan to catch.
2: So, we uh, had to. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say you've taken it too far. Oh,
3: really?
4: <laughs> is that it? If you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it got to the last over. I'm bowling it. Yeah, did you know that was coming up as well? Yeah, like, well, when you're the yeah you know, the number rated uh, death bowler in the team. Yeah, um, right. You but got McGrath, w- you got worn, but it's one it to thing Fleming. i was thinking
2: about today. Why is it
0: seems to be like kind of a medium fastest bowling the final over? Like you don't send in like a Sean Tate wild thing to do that final over? Like, it's well,
4: he was five years of age at the oh, time, no, no. <laughs> so. <laughs>
3: Just
2: and also, unless you wanted, like, four wides...
0: No, no. You don't That's a good dating. question. But I just mean, like, why... You know, how do you get that job as the bowling in the final? So,
4: right, I say in business, in sport, find a niche for yourself on a serious note and then make yourself more attractive to selectors or employers. And for me, I wanted to be the best death bowler for South Melbourne, get picked for Victoria and do it for Australia. And in my third game, which was Alan Border's last game in South Africa... He gave me the ball, six to win. They only got four. So I was sort of entrusted with that um, <laughs> job. Thanks, Mum. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's... But you think about it, there is specific skills. And as great as Glenn McGrath, you know, robotic, you know, unbelievable line and length and all stuff. He didn't probably have as good a yorker or change of pace uh, yep. as me. And they're the sort of skills that you do at the desk. So, yes, I did know I was bowling that, um, They had a guy called Clues, who ended up getting manned the match, manned the series. But nine to win with six balls to go. I generally backed myself if they needed more to eight runs. Uh, we come up with a plan of coming around the wicket bowling Yorkers to make him reach for that. So I wasn't keen on that, but did it. Come around the wicket and crowds going nuts, like a World Cup semi, 40,000 people. Ten of my teammates said, come on, Flammo, I'm proud. Release at about 85 miles an hour. He hits at about 500 miles an hour (laughs) into the cover (laughs) fence, right? So, uh, five balls to go. Now they only need five runs. Um, we still need that one wicker. As I'm running in, probably only five teammates um, <laughs> come on, Flemo, Like, they drop off <laughs> you. They drop off. <laughs> <laughs> Same right. sort of thing. But in the moment, are you like, oh, fuck. Like, that, that shouldn't... No, that, that's that, that okay. no, that's coming up. No, that's <laughs> coming up. That's after this <laughs> one. Oh, okay, right. So, I released it. And this one's a bit of a half volley. He smashes it 1,000 miles an hour in the cover fence. So, it's a tie with four balls to go. They so only two need balls, one,
2: two fours. Two
4: fours, right. The best death bowler in the world. The best. Yeah. Death. <laughs> Who's getting forced to bowl around the wicket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, against, against your will. And so people go, what goes through your head at that highly stressful situation? I, liked, yes. I, I reply as a, yeah, highly trained athlete, a 10 years first class experience, all that mental psych training you get kicks in, you get into your IPS, ideal performance state. Um, <laughs> Use PM Positive Momentum Your Way. Um, Every motivational book you've ever read, uh, How to Score Birdies on and Off the Course by Tiger Woods. Keep It Real and Win by Lance Armstrong. All these kicks in when you need it most, boys. And my only thought was, we're fucked. We're in real trouble. We're in real trouble, lads. And then luckily for me, he was a mid-off, Steve Waugh, the most mentally tough athlete that i played. We called him the Iceman. So I said to the Iceman, what do you think? He goes, I reckon we're fucked. <laughs> so there's times you've got to take edge control. I grabbed the ball. I said to Steve War, mate, I want to come over the wicket, not around. Steve Waugh goes, yeah, whatever. You know, his bags are packed. There's He's no final up. for He's given uh, So I come over the wicket. Ran in, a bit of a uh, half-tracker. Klusner miss hits and just starts running. So the run-out's on. Ball goes to Darren Lehman. He misses the... He's only a metre away, misses by two metres. And we would have been into the World Cup final. Uh, But interesting how pressure changes. They don't communicate, Donald and Klusner, with the near run-out. If we were batting with a war twin, we'd go back through the next two balls, try and get a single off the last ball. But it's funny how pressure changes. Ran in, next ball, by a good Yorker. I, I belatedly put my hand up. And, mm. and, and he jogs, to, and he just runs. He doesn't call, he just wants to finish a Clues. So he didn't call. No call. And it's near my hand, but I don't get it. Yep. So Donald stays in his crease. Uh, Mark Warfields has a go at the stumps. I get it, and I proceeded to underarm it to poor Adam Gilchrist. Because it's going about a centimetre an hour. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> it's that slow, I had enough time to run behind him going, don't fucking miss that ball kill, <laughs> all right? And then he hits the stumps and we're through and really, um, with those tough games against South Africa, I think you know going into the final that you're gonna win. And, and we did, and we demolished Pakistan, yeah. and for me it was the yeah. Yeah, whole of the career. Congratulations.
0: Well, um, wrap it up with you shortly, Flam. I, mean, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Steve Wars, Shane Warren.
2: Um, but you am I right that you roomed with Merv a bit or you traveled with Merv a bit or Yeah, so we're talking to him. We're talking to Lloyd-O about having to room. It just feels so weird that they go, oh, we're grown men, but you two can sleep together in yeah. the same room. It just feels odd.
4: Who did Lloydy um, room with?
2: Scotty Lucas, once, and he snored a lot, and then he never had to do it yeah, again. He
4: snored a lot. Yeah. Mervyn Hughes. Um, <laughs> I got picked straight out of school. week later, I'm rooming with Merv, okay? And normally with state trips, you'd do two trips, and you'd swap around, but I don't know what I did wrong. I had him for six years, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Nothing prepares you for seeing Merv Hughes naked for the first time. <laughs> um, so his diet... Um, it, we didn't have an alarm clock because he had a natural one. I won't say it was, but it was loud and you could smell it in China. All right? <laughs> but a favourite one with Merv was... Um, it, it's when he took 13 wickets against the West Indies. You know, and Alan Bord is the most famous player, but Merv's probably the second most. So he took 13 wickets against West Indies, including taking a hat-trick in only his eighth test match, which is pretty quick to take a test, only seven tests slower than me. <laughs> so we're back for a state game in Perth and we're at the night, you know, you'd bowl them out and you'd get on the piss that night because yeah. you're batting the next day. So we're lining up, I think it was Rumours or Gobbles, whatever it was called, and the boys are the Merv going, get us in, get some drink cards and we'll get on the piss. And Merv didn't like to, you know, show himself. He'd go, ma, we'll be right, 10 minutes, 10 minutes on, still lining up. And boys go, Merv, get up there. And he goes, all right. So he starts walking up, lucky for Merv. Bouncer sees him. Yeah, mate, how many? Merv looks behind. Yeah, six. No worries. So we all walk in. As Merv walks in, he pats the bouncer on the back. Go, mate, thanks a lot for that. And the bouncer goes, no worries, Dipper. Have a good night. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, did you play in the era when test matches had a rest day? No, how good would that have been? So you missed that. So I they'd play, that. What they play three days and have a, have a little break? And what they'd said they'd do, they'd have a quiet Saturday at night yeah. and just get on the piss all Sunday. <laughs> so they hung over Monday. But um, it was the tour before I went to England that they still had that Sunday rest period. Yeah, right.
2: Yeah.
4: Now, we haven't um, let Flem taste the. So
2: we've been. Um, <laughs> this is a, a beer from Adelaide, it's a chicken salt beer. And so we taste-tested it before. So it, you don't have to, but... Yes, you do. I think it's <laughs> shit. And you haven't even tasted it? I haven't tasted yeah. it. Right, right. Do you want a crack? Give it a little, right. give it a little nibble.
4: So what's it called? Is it yeah. a lager or... It's Is a, a ghost. It's a, it's a ghost.
0: So it's from Big Shed Brewery. We've got a fascination with chicken salt. So, so
4: what's, your, what's your deal? Oh, you're, just fat, you're not sponsored by around no no no, 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 no. Certainly no. not now. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> Fuck, even Booney wouldn't drink that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what oh, is that? <laughs> on that note, please thank Damien Fleming. Thanks, everybody. Right <laughs> Thanks so much, Flemming. That was great, man. And best of luck to jazz for the rest of the Hawthorne season. <laughs> I'm going to work out which one's the chicken salt beers and which one's the... Chicken. I'll put this one over here. Get this one here. Is that yours?
2: No, that's chicken salt as well. That's chicken salt, yeah. Okay.
0: I might should we get a is there a freshie? Yeah,
2: yeah. There's a couple of freshies there. Crack a freshie, here. Moon, Moon Man. No one's going to be drinking that.
0: <laughs> Cold one. <clears throat> um. <coughs> the hits keep on coming. We have Matthew Lloyd, the uh, legendary Damien Fleming. Please welcome on stage a Geelong North Melbourne hero, the one and only Cameron Moon!
3: <clears throat>
2: Everybody? how's it going?
1: Excellent. Oh fuck! How,
0: how good's phlegm? Seriously. Yeah. yeah.
1: Could have put me before and Fuck. Now I'm not going to be funny.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, I mean, Ad, Adam's used to
3: that, oh, so don't worry yeah. about it.
0: <laughs> I've actually, I've actually
1: done a few gigs with phlegm, and, and seriously, I've come on second every time, and the room just goes flat.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, Adam's used to that as well.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now, the, per, you, the
0: person d-
2: who does that the most, apparently, is Sam Kekovich. So he's got apparently he's one of the best, uh, the you know, best. Sportsman's Night talkers you'll ever hear. And he has this thing where he's always like, I've got to catch a flight, I've got to go. And he always goes on first and fucking smokes the room, like absolutely destroys it. And Lemo was on with him one night. And so he goes, all right, thanks, everyone. And the crowd's fucking, oh, that was unbelievable. And he goes to leave. And so they go, here's Lemo. Lemo gets on stage. Sam Kekovich comes back in the room. He's at the door at the back of the room and just starts telling another story while <laughs> Lemo's on stage. <laughs> So everyone's like looking around going, this is the fucking best thing ever, and just slays them again, and then goes, all right, take it easy, and then they go, oh, the fucking, house I th- <laughs> it's
1: Lemo? Like... I, uh, I think Flemo told me a story ages ago that Rodney Hogg got up before him. So, we all know Rodney Hogg, the great cricketer? Yeah. Great storyteller, but apparently he killed it this night, and he thought he'd try a new gag out, and it went down like a fucking lead balloon. And he walked off to Flemo and goes, good luck, mate. <laughs> just, <laughs> just flattened the room and said, good luck.
0: Now, I don't know if you saw uh, Fleming do the drink before. We are fascinated by a chicken salt beer. Would you be inclined to taste a bit of the chicken salt oh, beer? It would be rude not to, wouldn't it? it I'll would get it. You keep talking, it. Has I
2: anyone ever tried this? Uh, none of the audience have, but we are going to give all him right. a bit of a crack. There's a, a chance it might finishes. be sprayed all over
0: yeah. you in a second. I'll get you a fresh cup. So we're not, we're COVID
1: safe. So why is this, uh, why is this all of a sudden becoming So
0: yeah, so we talked about earlier in the show with Matthew, we, we about, I don't know, five, six years yeah, ago. We were Adam- fascinated,
2: at, uh, when you play at um, Footy Park, it always have that Matani chicken salt thing behind oh, yes. the goals, and we were kind of into it, like, why are they advertising this? And it's a big thing in Adelaide. And then this brewery um, brought out a beer that's flavoured like chicken salt, because absolutely no one fucking asked for it, <laughs> and so they brought it out. we got
1: anyone so. here from Adelaide? That's good. That's, a
0: good That's good. So give it a give it a sniff first, and kind of get the sense of it. I've never been a big chicken salt fan. Get the fuck out of
3: here, cut! <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thoughts? Thoughts? Oh, I think
1: Flem's carrying on a bit there. That was yeah. all right. You're, I think it's, it's all right. Too, it wasn't too. You wouldn't named. have another one though. No, would you? I would not. No. no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll uh, I'll give the tale a tape for Cam Mooney. Two hundred twenty-one games of North and Geelong. Two hundred ninety-seven goals. Premierships. 1999, 07, 09, All Australian 2007, Coaches Award in 2004. Suck. (laughs) There was actually one in 11 as well.
1: They forgot about that one.
0: (laughs) And then I think we need a. Okay. First player to be suspended four times in one season after getting reported in four separate matches. That deserves a standing ovation. (laughs) Stand up. Come on. Stand up. Come on.
1: Our game is 150 years old, and I own that record.
2: <laughs> How did that go down after your fourth suspension? Oh, it didn't go down well at all. Because um, it was like it
0: was 2006, I think. 2006. So 2006, people. we had we got long supporters here.
1: <coughs> there, you get a couple. Um, so 2006 was a, a horrible year. Yeah. From a footy club point of view, uh, we were supposed to make finals. We we're supposed to almost probably win a grand final, uh, and then just everything went pear-shaped. We were we were still a very God, how do you put it? We, we were piss drinkers, basically. Right. We were unprofessional. We still loved a good time. We were a young list. And, you know, instead of, yeah, being professional and everything going well, it just went backwards. And then I started to get frustrated and one suspension led to another and to another and to another.
2: Four.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: I th- I think
1: <laughs> so you started. You not, started. A lot of them weren't my
2: fault. Just, of just
0: course, no, I, I did. Believe yeah, that. I, I got that
2: feeling, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so you start. You, you're from uh, Wagga, and then you get drafted to North Melbourne. So was the Wayne Carey uh, aura just massive in your world? Oh, absolutely. So ducks a Wagga boy, So growing up,
1: you know, he, he was you know, obviously the biggest name. But you look at look at Wagga. I mean, Wagga seriously. You had Carey. You had Paul Kelly. Then you look at cricket. You had uh, Michael Slater. Um, uh, Mark Taylor, Jeff Lawson, uh, you had rugby guys, the Mortimer boys, uh, Scobie Beasley, a jockey. So, so many of these you know, stars just came out of Wagga. So, it was a fantastic place to grow up. And, and then when I got to North Melbourne, I went to Canberra for a year. So, I had to go there as a 16-year-old. Anyone lived in Canberra? You don't fucking go there. <laughs> Worst year of my life, Canberra. So, uh, why did they send you there? Well, so, we had to play in the under-18s competition. So, New South Wales, ACT... Uh, Got a team in the under-18s competition, so we played in that, and we all got, uh, about six or seven of us got moved to Canberra for a year, lived there, got billeted out to other families, and uh, all of those type of things, but lucky enough, I I had a pretty ordinary year, in all honesty, I was up and down, but I had a really good game in our first practice game, which happened to be a curtain raiser before North Melbourne and Sydney. And Dennis and all the coaches were there watching. And I had a good game. That's virtually what I got drafted from, that game. Yeah, right. And then I moved down to, to Melbourne as a 17-year-old boy. And I walked into a football club. And we talk about cultures at footy clubs. North culture was a, a piss drinking culture. Yeah. That's what they did. They, they, they played and hard. Not, yes, and, thanks, Fev. And not just that. <laughs> they played hard. They drank hard. They partied and, hard. They partied hard. They barbecued you know, hard. They did. <laughs> you know? They... They went to the toilet home. They, they hard. found an ensuite. <laughs> <laughs> they found they found your vice captains, missus.
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, cheap gag, cheap gag.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Bev. but <laughs> uh, so that was but that was north and yeah, Duck was you know all piss piss fighting around his side, Duck was the greatest player I've ever seen play the game. But did he
0: run the joint? Like I mean oh, they took Hands about, down. I mean I've I mean you know, talk about Pagan, you know, there's a whole bunch of, you know, six prelims, I think, in a row and stuff like that. But I hear kind of, I've heard a few stories from North people kind of go like, yeah, Pagan, great, fine, but Duck actually ran. Well, oh, Duck, Duck
1: was, Duck was, look, he's the greatest player. And even better than Gary Ablett Jr. Oh, yes. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, even D- better D- than Duck's the best player I've ever seen
0: Even better than Zach Dawson. <laughs> <laughs>
1: probably just sitting under him there, Zach, but. Um, Did you learn a lot from him, like, as a player? Yeah, what's
2: the influence like? Yeah. On the ground, no trai- like
1: training and all that. Well, yeah, you do. I mean, I mean, we were. I was in awe of him. We all were. He, he yeah. was, he's the best player in the cop, and he just he walks into a room. He's got an aura about him straight away. So we, we loved him as, as a player, as a bloke. He, you know, yeah. But as a player, he was just absolutely brilliant. Absolutely loved watching him play. Watched love watching him train. Um, you know, it's funny because this is where you know this is where he ran, ran the club. So after every game, Dennis Pagan would go through every player. And he was brutal, Dennis, like the most brutal man I've ever met. Um, so we'd go, we had a loss this year, it was in 99, we played the Bulldogs, and we had a bad loss. And I reckon it was about my sixth or seventh game. And he's going through every player, and he'd go, Arch, you know, you're as weak as piss today. Mickey Martin, you're supposed to be the strong man, you got thrown around. Sholly, fucking hopeless. Yeah, Steve-O, fuck, he got run around by Westy. Wayne, just wasn't your day today, Wayne. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> fucking you,
0: you a shit, fuck off. right <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: So uh, from then on, we all knew fucking Wayne was the king. I love the that.
0: idea that Dennis Pagan's now obviously a horse trainer, won the Caulfield Cup a couple of mm. years ago, I think. I love the idea that like he gave the play- the players a bake. I'd yeah. love to see the bake he gives a horse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if they, they come forth and not like, know about it. Well, like how was,
1: so 99? So, so 99 was my one and only year of playing senior footy. I was there for three years, but played one senior footy for that year, and I was lucky enough to play in a grand final. So, no, no. any North fans here? Yeah. You'd know my day. I was a fucking really good player that day. I had zero. Just so everyone knows, I had zero possessions that day. So,
0: What's it like
2: going back to the reunion for that? When, when, when I, I haven't been. <laughs> oh, really?
0: I don't know anyone's well, ever got been. No one's ever got negative Norm Smith medal votes.
1: Well, I actually did because what happened was so I got dropped for the prelim the week before. So I'm sitting in the grandstand. I'm having a beer with the boys to get my seasons over. Who cares? Five minutes to go, Jason McCartney, if anyone remembers, in the prelim against wild. Brisbane, bang, hits Clark Keating, yeah. breaks his jaw. Everyone in the stand goes, Jase, no. And I'm like, fucking
3: yes, Jace. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I'm straight home, had a great sleep, trained the house down that week. Dennis grabs me by the arm on a Thursday night and just says, you're in, the, you're in son, and walked off. I thought Great pep talk, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I rock up to the MCG. I'm playing against Carlton, who's, who I barracked for as a kid. These are all my heroes. So, I'm walking on the MCG, the first time I ever walked on there in front of 90,000 people, and I, I shit myself. I was a 19 year old kid, had no idea what I was doing. I'm walking down the punt road end because I started on that round that day. I had Kerry, the greatest player ever, Corey McKernan, superstar, Craig Shull, uh Shannon Grant, who's about to win the Norm Smith, Winston a- Abraham, all these guys. I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Yeah. So, I've lined up against Michael Sexton, had him on my wall three years earlier. This is how much <laughs> I loved him. And I'm thinking, do I get an autograph or do I get a carefire? <laughs> anyway five minutes in I get dragged I spend the rest of the day on the bench so I finally get back on three quarters in the bench three more than three quarters I can (laughs) tell you that so five minutes to go we're 40 points up the game's won I finally get the call to come back on by this stage I'm fuming so I've run on and Simon Beaumont just ran in front of me as I ran onto the ground and tried to bump me and I've lifted an elbow and hit him right in the back of the ear and dropped him to the ground good The low fucking dog exactly (laughs) (laughs) umpire saw it blew the whistle free kick I get dragged straight back (laughs) off Anyway, so this is about four minutes to go now. We've won the game. I get the phone handed to him. It's Dennis. And he fucking lets rip. Just calls me everything. Says my mum and dad made a mistake having me... <laughs> like, seriously, the shit that came out of his mouth, it was unbelievable. So I threw the, threw the phone down in disgust. And I'm sitting next to John Longmire. So we're sitting there and Horse goes to me about ten seconds later. He goes, what the fuck's that in the words? And we realise Dennis still spraying the shit out of me. <laughs> and the phone. Anyway, and then... <laughs> I run across, the siren goes. I run across the oval. I had Anthony Stevens on my back because he he busted his ankle up the week before. So I'm carrying him across and I'm hugging everybody. I'm crying. I'm a 19 year old boy from Wagga who just played in a premiership. And I'm hugging everyone. I'm watching Dennis. He hugs everybody. (laughs) Didn't hug me. No! (laughs) No! (laughs) We finally get our medals up on the dais and uh, I'm about to walk off and this is the greatest day of my life. And Dennis grabs me by the arm and he just said, Just learn something from today, son.
2: I learned I I hate your fucking guts, mate. (laughs) I I learned
1: that after he said it, and I did, I hated him for it because three days later I was traded down to Geelong.
0: Because you you were part of the famous
1: Lee Colbert trade. So what happened was three days later, I I get the call from my my manager, Ron Joseph. So I go down to his office and say, Ronnie Joseph is is managing Lee Colbert. Now, Lee Colbert's one of the greatest people you've ever met. So he's walked down to the footy club and Gary Ayers has just walked down to the footy club, the coach. So the coach and the captain have walked out of Geelong Mark Bomber-Thompson, who was the reserves coach at North Melbourne that year. Yes, absolute legend. So we struck up this amazing friendship. He gets the job and he goes, well, come down with me. If you want Colby, you've got to give me moons. So you can see how this went down. So I had a great meeting with Bomber. Come down. I said, well, yes, it would be nice, but, you know, I'm a a North Melbourne player. Through and through. My name's on the locker, you know. Like, Jesus. Pags loves me. You know, well, (laughs) Pags walks in 20 minutes later. (laughs) And I go to get him and he goes, don't get up, son. And he goes, now, he goes, now we would never ask you to leave because you're a North Melbourne Premiership player. But shit, wouldn't it be good down the road there? (laughs) Fucking (laughs) hell. He goes, that contract they're offering you, we can't offer you that contract. And your brother's playing at Geelong. Wouldn't it be great to play with your brother? (laughs) Well, listen, it's your decision. Good luck. Walked out. (laughs) I looked at my manager and went, well, we're off to fucking Geelong. (laughs) The funny thing was, I still hadn't made the, the, the announcement public. So on the Thursday night after the grand final, we have our best and fairest. So we're all in this room together just as a players and coach and Dennis is just giving us a bit of a talk saying, you know, congratulations on a great year, blah, blah. And I hadn't made the announcement. By the way, Moons is off to Geelong so everyone can get around him tonight.
0: No.
3: <laughs> oh, my,
0: fuck.
1: Looks like he wants me out of here. Wow. But for that to happen, they, got, uh, they obviously got Lee Colbert. I went down to Geelong and I guess the steak knives deal was, was picked uh, 38 or 39 or something what it was. Turned out to be that pick was Corey Enright.
2: Not so, bad. it turned out I was the fucking steak, nice deal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Corey's the greatest favourite. So, when you get down there, that's the start of the, the great era for Geelong. So, it's like Bartel and Lingy and uh, Gary Ablett Jr. So, after. the very
1: first year I got there was uh, myself got traded in. We got Joel Corey, Corey Enright, Cameron Ling, and Paul Chapman. Mate. Two years later, we get Ablett, uh, Ablett Bartel, Kelly Johnson. Wow. So, in the space of two drafts, we, b- we bring in half a premiership team. and and then we grow and,
2: um, yeah, we become something that was pretty extraordinary. So you obviously have that uh, heartbreaking, uh, was it semi-loss against uh, Sydney up Sydney. there? Sydney. And then you had 2006, which wasn't a great year. When, when did you do, when was the leading teams uh, bit where you just fucking, everyone went Gary Ablett Jr.? What was that like?
1: Uh, so that was two, the end of 2006 pre-season. Uh, started going into 2007. So we brought in leading teams, um, which were fantastic for us. They're Not for everybody, but for us... Right I'm time, a collective
2: right minds points. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was good for us. <laughs> Sorry, anyway, I, forgot, I
0: forgot to uh, every show I need to do my power stance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we didn't quite go on the, uh, what is it, the uh, the camp? No, yeah. we, didn't do the no camp. we didn't do the camp. But the leading thing. teams is about stop doing, stop, stop continue. Stop, starting, doing, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So anyway, we had uh, a few of us had to get up in front of the group just like this and, and I think I went first or second after my great 2006 year of all my suspension, so I was up first, basically, and the boys hit me between the eyes. You know, got to stop doing this, blah 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 blah. And then we got Gary up. The problem with Gary was Gary thought he was a great trainer, he was a great teammate, and he was fantastic in the gym, and he was fucking horrible at all of them. So we finally got him. But the thing is, he finished third in the best and fairest, and was still playing in the forward pocket. Yeah, right. So he, we finally had a crack at him, and he walked out of the room basically with the shits, with everyone cried. And, uh, but to his credit, because uh, we told him, we said, look. Chris Judd's the best player in the competition at that stage. And we said, we believe you could be our Chris Judd. Uh, he came back...
2: Trained a busy him. ambassador? Yes, well... <laughs> no, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, I, think was, I think he was more of a Costa ambassador. <laughs> Maybe a cotton on when he came back. <laughs> yeah. then, what, right?
1: he, he could own a company called Jagged? I can't <laughs> believe it. So we gave it to him between the eyes. He came back, trained the house down. And then, I, in my personal opinion, he probably should have won the Brownlow from 2007, 8, 9, 10... He uh, was unbelievable, wasn't he? He should have won those four in a row. Yeah. And then he left, and I think he probably should have won at least two more up on the Gold Coast.
2: Yeah, That's my opinion. Anyway. And how great was it to break the drought in 2007 down at Geelong? Do you, you, you're living down there, well, I'm still living down there. Yep. Um, no,
1: it was, it was incredible. I mean, 44-year drought. Um, you know, yeah. The heartbreak of the 90s, the yeah, late 80s. The heartbreak 80s of, of the 90s had... and all of that stuff. And When I got to the footy club... I mean, the club was, was $10 million in debt, the, the stadium was falling over, the town wasn't a, wasn't a great town to be at, uh, and then over time it's just turned into one of the great clubs, uh, one of the great stadiums, and we're seeing what's going on there now, and it's turned into, one, I think, one of the most beautiful towns you know, in Australia, if not the world, so yep. it's, it's, just, it's just been a fantastic ride down there in the last 20 How years. was it in the town after you won? Oh, it was fucking mayhem. So, yeah, I mean, so, we, we, we drove so in, I think you, you, there was cars after tipped. After the game, and you, went,
0: you went back to Geelong that night? Went back to Geelong and
1: that in? night, went into town and just, Dude, yeah.
0: Go to Lemmy's or the Stings? Well, got <laughs> both Lemmy's, I <fucking laughs> no. I
1: hadn't bought a drink for fucking three years, i <laughs> no. so, don't forget. But, no, it was great. I mean, it's what we needed. Uh, like I said, 44 years and then the, the obviously having those losses from, you know, 89, 92, 94, 95, I think it was... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was a heartbreaking place to be, so we needed to do it.
0: And then, I'm trying to think, like, at three-quarter time, you were 90 points up. So it was does, close. What does Bomber <laughs> say to the group at three-quarter time of the grand final, where you're 90 points Where are we going tonight, boys? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I <laughs> actually, on. at the time, at the game, I was at the game, and I was like, they're 90 points up. Like, what literally is the coach saying to that group right now, apart from, like... It's very cause boring, because he just I don't said, know, if like, I know, like, just... Don't
2: be <laughs> arrogant.
1: He said, don't be arrogant. Don't carry on. If you kick a goal, just... Just try and be humble. Yeah. yeah. So, Andrew Mackey kicks the first goal and takes his fucking shirt off. And around, <laughs> carrying on like an idiot. But that, that was, it was a boring message. I mean, the 0-9 one was probably the better message at three-quarter time. We've got Saints fans here. Well, don't yeah. rub it in.
3: Don't, <laughs> don't make them
0: cry. No, no, They've no, had the, a tough guy. The,
1: the best team that I think's never won a premiership in, in my time. Uh, it probably doesn't make it any easier. Um, so that was a year that you were both thirteen and zip? Thirteen and zip going into round fourteen. Uh, played in front of I think fifty thousand at Eddie Hat. And the yeah. best home and away game I've ever played. Yeah, dude. That it was a noise. It was incredible. Off the charts. Yeah. Like the the O four uh final against Sydney, 0-5, sorry, when Nick Davis kicks those goals. Yeah. That was the that was the greatest atmosphere I've ever been involved in. Yeah. Oh, right. That was just electric and we were on the losing side. But down here at um at Eddie Hat it was it was incredible. Fifty thousand two big teams, uh, and it was a cracking game. I mean, that, that's half the problem you get those games, the easy shit games. Yeah. But like we saw on Sunday, you know, big build-up, great game. Yeah, that's what you want. And that's what we got. Very, anything, very, very good. funny <laughs> results.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very funny results. I left, I left yeah, you a three-quarter time. Well, yeah. I left a three-quarter
1: time thinking, well done, mate, you've had a
0: good <laughs> <win."> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good on, Rosie. See you in September, <laughs> mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See you next week. Not yeah. going to happen.
1: So you were just no. talking about uh, Bomber at three-quarter time in 2009. So 2009, we've obviously come off... Well, I'll go back to the 08 one in a minute, but we came off that 09... 08, sorry, sorry. So we're in 09... Three quarter time, uh, the game's close, and he just and what he said was basically, Remember how you felt walking off the ground 12 months earlier? Yeah. And how crushed you all were. You, you know, he pointed to me and said, You were crying, and blah, 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 and this and that. Yeah, all right, mate. And he, Yeah, yeah. Well, he just, just <laughs> let us have it. Just said, you know, mean, Do I not walk <laughs> off the field without a medal around your neck. As a yeah. Hawthorne supporter, I remember leaving the ground pretty <laughs>
0: fucking happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we end up having this amazing quarter of footy. Um, but we'll go back to 08, shall we? Any, I mean, any other Hawthorne fans here?
0: G'day, how are you? Yeah, yeah just over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all over here, here. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Halftime, don't want to talk about it. No, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want no, to talk about it. We're no, we're not here no, for pain. So, we go into that game, we're, we're clearly... Well, I think we've lost one game for the year, so we're the best team in the competition. And we get there and we're playing this young, young Hawthorne team that... Eh, in all, in all, honesty, that was it was an unbelievable final series and great year, Rob. But they weren't ready to be the powerhouse. That's what we saw years later. Get the fuck off this stage. That's right now. what we <laughs> saw later. It was like us in basically like in '04. We all we got beaten by Brisbane in '04 yeah. uh, in the prelim by about nine points. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. we almost almost pinched the grand final. Yeah. So they pinched the grand final, and then they became the powerhouse when they became older, older and mature. Three in a row. Three in a row. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we go into that game. We're all pretty confident. Anyway, I've kicked, I think I've kicked two goals in the first quarter. I don't know if you remember those two goals. They oh, were fucking outstanding goals. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm going in at th- quarter time, and Kenny Hinkley walked up to me and said, How you feeling? I said, Mate, call me Norm Smith because I'm fucking flying. <laughs> <for me."> <laughs> <laughs> and I had Trent Crowe on me who had a busted foot, so I knew yeah. he couldn't keep up with me. The only problem, I should have kicked four or five in the first, but Hodgie was playing that role in front of me, all that kind of stuff. So our second quarter starts, I take another mark on the boundary line, I swing in, kick Paul Chapman on the left, bang, right in the middle of the ground, he kicks another goal, I'm thinking, fucking Smith, here I am. I've got this wrapped up. So the game's going along. So just quickly, you're not getting ahead of yourself. No, uh, <laughs> and the problem was, just before the game, the, the cam- there, was a, there was a cameraman in, our, in the change room, this is how ahead of the game we were. There was a guy in the change room who takes all the photos, and I said to him, just in the, during the warm-up, this is how arrogant and stupid we were, because this is how good we thought we were. I said, mate, just make sure you get a photo of me and the cup of my son.
0: <laughs> well, could I, could I actually? Oh,
1: seriously, that's how stupid we were. We we're, were too busy organising the after-party. Could
0: I ask the question though? Because I have heard stories. Like, is it? Could you confirm or deny the fact that maybe some Geelong players were talking about the tattoos that we're going to get? No, oh, we, 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 literally were talking
1: about the celebrations. Dude, we right. just thought we had it won, that, and that was like book a room at Lamy's. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. We were, we were <laughs> stupid the way we handled it. Very stupid. So anyway. Half-time comes around. Just before half-time, I take a mark in the goal square. So, anyone remember Scotty Claren, the umpire? Bald head, yeah. big yeah. nose. Sh- fucking yeah, umpire. Shit umpire. <laughs> 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 so, anyway, I've taken the mark. Siren goes. I've lined up. So, as I'm lined up, he's put me on this angle. And I thought, well, I still should have kicked, kicked the goal. But I'm lined up this angle. And I'm thinking, as I'm walking in... I'm going to start a fight. I thought, how good is this going to be? I'm going to kick three goals at half-time. I've got this game dominated. <laughs> Trent Crow's off with a busted foot. There's no-one that could man me at the moment because I actually did feel like I had the game in the scruff of my, in, in the palm of my hand. So as I'm lining up, I'm thinking, right, what are we going to do here? I'm going to kick my third. I'm going to run through. Grant Birch was on the mark. I'm going to go fucking whack right in his nose. Because <laughs> standing right there was Luke Hodge, who was killing us. He was absolutely killing us. I said, the best thing is here, Luke Hodge, is going to run in, and I'm just going to go fucking bang. <laughs> Campbell Brown's sitting behind him. He's going to run in. Everyone wants to hit fucking Brown. <laughs> behind them, I had Steve Johnson and Paul Chapman, and these boys can all go. So I'm thinking, right, this is going to be the best day of my life. I'm going to kick three goals. I'm going to start an all-in at halftime in the grand final. How fucking good is this? <laughs> so as I'm running in, I'm looking up, and I'm thinking, Grant, you're fucked fuck-bang. Hit him hit him. If Jeff Kennett had been hanging over, to would have fucking hit him through <laughs> a little time. <laughs> Thing is, as I've gone to kick it, as I've gone to kick, <laughs> the loop, as I've gone to Thanks kick it, I've looked at Burst to see where he was, and I kicked the fucking thing sideways. Oh. Turned out to be the worst my
3: life.
0: <laughs> Can I ask quickly? Very, uh, we'll, we'll let you go very shortly. But um, uh, in 2007, uh, Crazy John, like who he was, he was still alive at the time. But he offered one million dollars for a player to kick ten goals in the grand final, and then he offered one million dollars if a player got five tries in the NRO grand final. And I remember thinking, did, were you aware of that at the time? No, I kicked five that you were five, year. you had five at three-quarter time, if I remember correctly. And I remember, at, again, at the game, well, I have very vivid memories of the 07 Grand Final for some reason. But um, I, well, I'm I, sure I, this is true, because you did make up a story about Matthew Lloyd sleepwalking. <laughs> <laughs> He's had a lot of knocks to the head, mate. Um, <laughs> but I actually did think at three-quarter time, like, you know, if the players knew that, like, they'd give you a few Joe the Gooses over the top, so you get to oh, ten. Oh, there was a
1: million, don't worry, I would have been telling everyone to get them
0: out of the yeah, let's
2: get that.
1: away. Don't worry about that.
2: Now you played with uh, Nathan Ablett, and oh yes. <laughs> What's he like as a human? Oh
1: Nathan. <laughs> Nathan is a great enigma. We just you just don't know what he could have been, what he should have been. Because he I, didn't really want to play footy. No, did he? he didn't. Uh, we had to co- basically drag him down there when he was about twenty years of age. And um, I honestly, hand over heart, he could have been one of the greatest players we've ever seen play the game. He had all the ability in the world. He was six foot four, you know, ninety-eight kilos, was quick, smart as hell on a footy field. <laughs> <laughs> not not so much not help. so much off the footy field. Uh, if he had Junior's mentality, yeah. we would be talking about, you know, another carry. you know, better than carry. Like he was just phenomenal. He really could have been something special. He just didn't want to be there. Yep. Um, you know, he was just he was he was a unit. I mean, there was a there was a time, I think it was two thousand and six or seven. So at half time we go into, the, go into a game down at Cadinia Park. And yeah, we've got a thousand Nathan stories, seriously. So we go in at halftime, we do our talk, we go back out into the ground, Nathan's starting on the bench. So about five minutes into the game, third quarter, the call comes down to get Nathan. And they've looked down the line, they've realised, fucking Nathan's not on the bench. <laughs> so someone said, well, ha- someone go and find him. So as you run up the old race uh, at, uh, at on the Brownlow uh, Stand at Geelong, You could either go left into the change rooms or right into the players room and out the back is the warm-up room. So the guy ran up and thought, well, he's probably in the toilet. So he's run into the left in the change rooms, not in there, toilet, not in there. Uh, Out the back here, physio room, not there. He's not in the warm-up room, shit, he must be in the players room. So he's walked around the players room, finally there's Nath. Sitting on the couch, with his boots off, feet up on the bench, eating grapes, watching the (laughs) game of football that he's supposed to be (laughs) fucking playing out there. You know, shit like that. <laughs> I know, um, so 2005, he he was supposed to play in the great, in, the, in that Sydney game. So that classic Sydney game up there at the SCG that Nick Davis rolled us. So he was supposed to play in that game and the last minute decided he didn't want to play, just pulled out of the game. So now we've gone out for our warm-up and as we've come back in, a lot of the boys wear sneakers in the warm-up out on the field and when they come back in, they change into their boots. Now James Kelly's one of those guys, so he's gone to get his boots and couldn't find them. This is two minutes before we're about to run out for a final. Couldn't find his fucking boots. So, anyway, everyone's looking around everywhere. We're looking through bags, under lockers, everything. Finally, Nathan, who had been upstairs getting a pie and Coke because he's decided he didn't want to play, he's walked back down into the roof, pie and Coke in hand. He's walked past fucking Kel, and Kel's just double-looked. He goes, Nathan, what what the fuck are you doing? He goes, what? He goes, you're wearing my fucking boots. (laughs) And he goes, oh, sorry, mate, I had a suit. I only had sneakers. I didn't want to go upstairs and look stupid. (laughs) So, you know, we're dealing with Nate doing that. (laughs) I'll give you a quick one before I go because I love this story. It's about the great Brad Ottens. Now everyone (laughs) everyone knows Otto. Now if you've heard this, I'm sorry, but it's a fucking great story. This is why I love this boy. So Brad Ottens is one of the greatest men you'll ever meet. One of the greatest teammates you'll ever have. When did he come to Geelong? So 2005 he came to Geelong. So, 2000, end of 2004, we got beaten by Brisbane by nine points in a prelim. We, we thought, what do we need? We need another f- a big forward, Ruckman, to help Stephen King out. And Otto wanted out of Richmond, so Bomber starts calling around the players, going, look, we, we're a chance to get Brad Ottens, what are your thoughts? And we all thought, well, you know, great player, but there's a story going around that he wasn't that smart. And the story was, so back in 2001, when he was playing at Richmond, they had that really good year, they played in the prelim under Danny Frawley. Anyway, it was about round six or seven... They have a big win against Collingwood on a Friday night. And Spud's like, boys, don't go out and and do anything stupid. Go and have a couple of beers but nothing stupid. So anyway, they go out. He gets absolutely rolling drunk with a mate from Adelaide who's been over there. They walk out of a nightclub around here somewhere at about 4.30 in the morning and his mate gets arrested for being drunk in public. Gets thrown in the back of a divvy van. So what do you do when your make gets thrown in the back of a divvy van? You mouth off at the coppers and you can throw <laughs> it So Otto's in the divvy van, he's down at the cop shop, this is about 5, 5, in the morning. Anyway, he was so drunk that he didn't realise that in his wallet there was contacts. And one of those contacts in the, in the wallet was Danny Frawley. So the sergeant down at the St Kilda cop shop at 5 o'clock in the morning is called Danny Frawley. So Spud's going through the game, he's going through the review of the game, he's had about three bottles of wine, so he's plastered himself. (laughs) He gets a phone call. He's going, hi, this is Sergeant such-and-such from St Kilda Cop Shop. We've got your boy Brad Ottens down here. Come and get him before, you know, we won't release it to anybody, so we don't want to get him in trouble. So Spud's like, fuck. So he's had to get in a taxi, drive all (laughs) the way down here to the cop shop. As he's coming in, at this stage, all the piss has started to wear off Otto. And he started to realise he's in the shit, you know. He's thinking, fuck, you know, I've I've let the family down. My family's going to kill me. The club's going to suspend me. Uh, I'm going to get kicked out. All of this, uh, he's starting to sweat and he's, he's panicking. Anyway, at this stage, then uh, Spud's filled out the form. He's walked in and as Spud's sitting there, I mean, as, as Otto's sitting there, he's doing these ones thinking, shit, here's the door open. And he looks up and he sees Spud. And he goes,
0: oh, fuck, Spud, what'd they get you for? <laughs>
1: so we heard this story. We thought, we can't have this dumb bastard at our footy club. We got him down there. He played in three premierships and he was Mr. September for us. So he's the greatest man ever. So. On that
0: note, ladies and gentlemen, John Cameron out Mooney. there. The thank you, guys. Cameron Mooney. We want to thank all of our guests tonight. Thanks, Moose Man. I oh, will give a quick little snap. We want to thank all of our guests tonight. Matthew Lloyd, Damien Fleming, Cameron Mooney. Dude, fucking, can you stop looking so fit? You're not meant to be that fit. You're a retired player. Blow out. Blow out. We're going to hit the road. Thanks everybody here at the European Beer Cafe. Thanks to my
2: co-host. Yeah, thank you, mate. Appreciate it. We're going to hit the road. Go Hawks. Go Blues. And if anyone wants to try the chicken salt beer, you're more than welcome to come down the front and-